0: Hello friends, hello listeners, hello dear, dear listeners and welcome back, welcome to the GMS Magazine RPG interview room podcast, probably the podcast with the longest name on the planet. (laughs) I am Paco Garcia, your host as usual, who as you know I've been absent for a bit, I keep saying that I'm gonna keep coming back, I know, I know, but I can tell you running a game cafe takes a lot of time. but. Not enough time that I can't stop with one of my favorite writers ever, ever to grace the world of role-playing games. And I'm not saying this just because she's a friend of mine. I'm saying this because Sarah Newton is one of the most amazing writers out there and anyone who's read Legends of Anglaire or Monsters and Magic or more poignantly, Mindjammer will know because, you know, the three are pieces of genius. And today, uh, again, I, I am with Sarah here. Hello,
1: Sarah. Hello, Paco. I have no idea how to follow that now. You've got me
0: completely <laughs> You I, love lovely man. Hello, I, how are you? I'm fine. I can sense you blushing from here. We are in yeah, different countries. You, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, only living in Normandy at the moment. Everything else is grey and green.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but seriously, I mean, you have, you you have created some, and I'm not saying this because you're here and you're my friend. You have created some absolutely unbelievably good stuff. You know, from from the Achtung Cthulhu Thank to you. to everything, you haven't put a single foot down wrong in the I
1: RPG I'm world. I'm not telling anybody about them. I've got a huge bin liner of things. About them. <laughs> No, but the things that you've published,
0: <laughs> every single thing, every one that. of them, it's being amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I, I keep saying, I've said this, and I will say this before, Mindjammer is probably the best RPG published, um, science fiction RPG published to date, because it has
1: everything. Thank you very much. It, it, it has everything. We, we have a great. The moment, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I've been, I've been so excited this year, putting, putting the new Mindjammer team together. Yeah. Um, and that, that's that really made a difference. Yeah. Okay, tell me a little
0: bit, before we go into all, all the good news about Mindjammer, more on that one mm-hmm. later, dear listeners. Tell me a little bit, so what's, what's been the, the journey from mm, publishing Mindjammer to now? W- what, what's happened
1: and how has Mindjammer changed for you? Um, Well, obviously, we published um, the first Mindjammer back in 2009 when it was a supplement for Starblazer. Um, And the novel came a couple of years after that. Um, So at that point, it was very much a supplement um, and it was dependent upon the artwork in the old Starblazer, which was classic stuff from Mm -hmm. the 80s um, Starblazer comics. Um, But at the same time, it was very much subsidiary to to Starblazer Adventures. Um, Now, with the new Mindjammer that was published back in the beginning of 2014, um, so it's pretty much eighteen months away now. Um, we had the chance to use um, completely new artwork um, and to move away from Starblazer Adventures and to become in a role-playing game in our own right, using the fourth edition Fate rules, Fate Core, um, and that's made a huge difference, really. Um, it's meant that we've been we've been freed to really um, imagineer and visualise the the commonality. Um, as as we've wanted to and as I've wanted to, and that's been that's been a real privilege. Um, it has, however, thrown up its own challenges um, because we've now got the chance to really explore the commonality in depth. Um, and as well as writing, I've been running Mindjammer Press and also working on my fiction work, um, and that's been keeping me very busy for the mm. past 18 months. Um, but we've been able to put together the new scenario, Hearts and Minds, which came out um, in April this year. And we're just on the verge now of um, of producing our second scenario um, called the city people um, and really upping things to the next level. We've got a good, solid team together. And I think really, if I was to summarise the past 18 months, that's that's really what's happened. We've gone from being um, a fairly small shop in Mind Gemma Press um, to being a, a solid core team. We've got an art director, we have a layout person, we have numerous artists and in fact, several other writers as well. Um, So we're just about ready now to to really um, turn on those planing engines and head into space.
0: And I have to say, when I read um, Mindjammer for the first time, I felt a little bit overwhelmed by the sheer size of of the universe and the sheer size of the game uh, in itself. And and I know that some people have also said that it it, it it's, it's very difficult to focus onto one thing that you could get to actually create your adventures or or create your campaigns about that, and then you launch Hearts and Mind, you release that, and suddenly everything makes sense. Every single thing makes sense. Now. For me, Hearts and Mind did mm. something quite, quite amazing, which is it, it consolidated work, everything that was in, in the core book and said, right, this is so, so, so the core book applied. Yes. The yeah. one thing, though, that surprised me about Hearts and Mind is that the amount of data that you provided in that book didn't come in a 400 pages tome <laughs> it came in a fairly small adventure that had absolutely every single thing that you needed to run the game.
1: How did you manage that? It's it's actually a really interesting question that um that the way that Hearts and Minds started was as it was originally going to be incorporated into the core book as, as an example scenario. Um, so it was intended to showcase Really, how the how the mindjammer rules work, or how the fake core system works with the mindjammer setting, um, but it became pretty clear fairly early on that to do that justice was going to require quite a significant page count, mm-hmm. and the core book was already getting pretty big. Yeah. I think we were at about you know we were just topping four hundred pages at mm-hmm. that point, and it ended up what four hundred and ninety six all in. Um, so we knew that you know we had to take out the scenario and publish that separately, um, and that was really the impetus to to make it as a standalone um book standalone scenario i wanted it also like i say to really exemplify how you can play mindjammer because um when you mention it being such a big setting we had an entire chapter in the core book of how you could play and what you could do because I, I think that's really important in many science fiction and and very advanced science fantasy settings is to give a really clear indication to game masters and players as to what you can do in the game you know because um it's a huge interstellar um hyper-advanced transhuman civilization thousands of worlds a vast difference between standard humanity and divergent humankind and transhumanity and the post-human sentence, sentences and so on and um, that you really do need some pointers as to what you can do so we put a, a full chapter in the book itself as to how you could do that and the different genres that you could play in um and in hearts and minds um we gave one very specific example, and actually gave you several different ways to play it. The, yeah. the, the core of Hearts and Minds is that you're playing as a, a culture agency, um, Sci-Force, a security and cultural integrity instrumentality, um, tackling unrest on a rediscovered lost colony world. Um, and things go pear-shaped, as you would imagine they would. Mm. Um, and. The that's the core conceit, you're playing these culture agents and I think that was really important to actually give an example of how you could interact with cultures in an action-packed way. Um, And at the same time we also give examples of of how you could play as different types of characters, perhaps even a a tramp freighter that happens to be stopping in on the space lanes and getting caught up. Or even people from um, the world of old Kennedy itself um, fighting for what they believe is right. Um, so I think that was important to get those two sides of the, um, those many different sides of the of the player's approach um, specified in the book. But, um, I mean, I know I'm giving you a long answer here. One really critical and crucial part of writing scenarios for Mindjammer is writing scenarios for the fate system. Um, and I could go on at great detail about this. <laughs> um, that it's, it, fate, core allows you to be really quite sandboxy about writing scenarios um, and, it, and it really shines when you put a lot of control in the player's hands and they can choose how they uh, address a situation um, and in fake core you do tend to play exceptional characters and that's true in mind as well mm. you are generally the movers and the shakers even if you're you know um, heavily armed um, soldiers and, and even mercenaries on the ground, which you can play in this, you don't have to, but you can, you're still movers and shakers, you might be generals and and so on. Um, so creating that kind of environment where players can can exercise that degree of control uh, is a real art in in, um, in writing fate scenarios. And I think that's something I've been trying to polish um, throughout writing for Mindjammer. Um, and it does mean that you tend to have Um, A fairly detailed world. About half of the book is detailing the world and culture um, to give the game master enough information and the players as well enough information to allow them to work with the sandbox idea. And then the other half of the book is a series of suggested episodes and and scenes which can arise from what I call the default plot thread. You you set up a, a core conflict and that is set running when the when the PCs turn up on the planet or in the scenario environment, um, so that kind of uh, structure um, is something that um, I've been working on for quite a few years. I mean, it started with the first Mindjammer book, and all the way through Legends of Angler, how to write scenarios for Fate, um, and we've been carrying on doing it. and the Hearts and Minds was the first, the City People we just written now, a different approach. Um, if the hearts and minds is culture agents then um the city people is much more sort of star trek it's much more um exploring an alien world it's a mystery um, and there's lots of details of space force this time rather than just um Cy force, which was the focus of hearts and minds but it's still the same approach um you know a sandboxy environment with a strong default plot thread and lots of gm support that was a long answer wasn't it <laughs> yeah no, but a very
0: good one a very very good one indeed because I, I don't want people to think that um, Hearts of Minds was just a standard adventure that will say right this is what happens now and you have three uh, opportunities though this to happen and this is the encounter that's meant to be taking place and these are the enemies and these are their stats
1: I mean yes, it, it is nothing really at all like that yeah yeah I give, giving the freedom to the players to, to work within what's quite a complicated story yeah it's a political thriller in a way um, but at the same time to give the players the freedom to carve their own path through those events is is important and I think a scenario needs to give a game master and the players support for that they I I personally want to buy a scenario take it home read it and to have everything I need to play and I think when I when I write a scenario I try and do the same
0: yeah no I, I thought that worked extremely extremely well now going back a little bit to the core book some people have, Uh, complained, which uh, is is a complaint I don't understand, although they are right but I don't see it as a bad thing that Mindjammer also feels very much like a toolbox as much as a game Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because you provide tools to do anything, and I mean anything, from creating (laughs) characters, to weapons, to alien planets, to alien people uh, sectors, sectants uh, spaceships
1: cultures anything it was, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's really two sides to that. I mean, I've, I've tended to be involved with pretty big fate books. Um, Starblazer Adventures was enormous. That mm. was with a mind jammer. Even Legends of anglaire was, was a good old chunky book. Um, but, but my approach is that, you know, in this day and age, we can afford to produce fairly hefty books. And we all have quite a lot of patience. Um, and I think it's worth getting across the the core of a game in a single book if you can. Um, I I don't like the idea of having to buy just part of a game and then Mm. waiting six months to 12 months to get the whole game. Um, I'm I'm not a big fan of splat books per se. Um, I love setting books and source books and adventures and supplements, but I'd like to have the rules so I can get assimilating them as quickly as possible. Now, when you come to science fiction, um, obviously that's a challenge because the possible range of actions that you can take in a science fiction RPG are vast. Um, so you do have to ad- admit that you're going to be writing about quite a lot of different subjects. Um, and I I think, I think also with, with science fiction, if you if you don't do that, I think the, the entire point of science fiction why do we why do we like science fiction? We like science fiction definitely for the action, but also for the ideas. Um, and and that sense of wonder, that sense of, you know, this is the future, Mm. this is a completely alien world. It's fascinating, it's exciting, it's dangerous, it's perilous, Um, but it's that sense of wonder that's really key. Um, And I think in order to be able to um, let players and game masters play with that sense of wonder in their games, you need to provide quite a lot of background material, Um, because sure, you can go out on the internet and you can research all the different types of, um, uh, uh, of stars and stellar bodies, you can research um, uh, astrophysics and cosmology um, to your heart's content. But when you when you have a game, you, you really want to play the game to relax. So I, I think you know a, a science fiction role playing game has to present a distillation of the um, of the current approach to science fiction in a single book, if you can possibly manage it, um, and allow. Allow players to do pretty much anything because it is a fascinating cosmos. Um, and uh, I, I, I hate the idea of having a science fiction role playing game which is humdrum, and in which nobody knows really what to do. Um, so the flip side of that is that the the yeah the book itself gets quite large. Um, the, on the other hand, what we are doing, we are addressing that. We've had quite a few people um, ask us to. And um, produce a shorter um, version of the game for players, mm-hmm. players' guide, if you will. And we're definitely looking at that now, um, and that that will be coming up in the very near future, all being well. That'd be great. because there, that, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the Mindjammer Core Book that the players don't need, um, and and you could distill that quite a lot. And we're gonna, we're definitely gonna do that so that um, that people have uh, the tools to play with at the de- at the table as well.
0: Yes, and let's let's talk about. What you are going to do now, because um, we we have a Kickstarter coming, I think right now, pretty much.
1: That's super exciting. <laughs> it is. It's coming. I mean, we're this is this is Monday night, isn't it? Monday the sixteenth of November when we're yeah. recording this. So hopefully by now everyone's everyone knows about this. Um, but yeah, tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow noon time in the European time, um, we're going to be launching a Mind Kickstarter. Which is yeah. Tell me
0: about it. What 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 are you trying to fund now?
1: Well, it's it's twofold really. Um, The 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 first um, the first thing we're trying to do is to up ourselves a notch on our production values. Um, We the the Mindjammer Core book got some really good reviews for for its its loveliness basically, and we've got really some really great artists and um, some great layout guys, and it's a it's a beautiful book. I love it. Um, and the one thing we want to do now is to move up into colour,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because I think we, I think we need to. Yep.
0: Um,
1: and the, the the first thing we're trying to do is a very simple, modest goal to start with, and that's to fund the colour print run of the new scenario, the City People, mm-hmm. and that gets us moving up into a, um, a another level, really, um, and, and and one where I want to be, and I think we ought to be. Um, but that's just the beginning, um, because. A lot of people have been saying, we want more about the, um, the commonality, we want more source books, we want more material. Some people have even said they want, you know, to play mindjammer in different game systems and so on. Um, so we've had so many requests for, for material that um, I think the time is right right now to, to embark upon a bit of expansion. And rather than just have me um, plodding away, doing my thing, releasing one or two scenarios a year and so on, um, we're now in a position where I've got thousands and thousands of words written, um, which aren't published yet, and and which need work to get polished and published, um, and we need a bit of of funding. So we're we're actually embarking upon Kickstarter and asking people to um, to fund us to to support a, a huge um, expansion of the Mind Jammer line in the next six to twelve months and and beyond. And um, so it's really exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it is, and I think. I think that should be working very, very well indeed. What are your um, aspirations for Mindjammer, I suppose? I mean, ideally, what would you want this Kickstarter to achieve?
1: Um, Personally, I would be absolutely over the moon if we had a full production schedule for the next 12 to 24 months. That would be absolutely awesome. Um, I'd love to be able to... Um continue to provide um, color source books and supplements to bring in um, more writers, to expand. Um, a lot of people have asked us for a traveler version of mine Gemma. And mm-hmm. we don't you know I'm, a, I'm I love traveler, but I play fate. um but I see that there are different audiences, and I think having a traveler version makes great sense. Um so I would like to do that. Um, I think I think it would make, make sense to have Mindjammer as a traveler setting mm. as well as a fake core setting. Um, so I would love to be able to do that. And and really to the, the one thing that Kickstarter allows you to do is to be ambitious and to say to people, this is what we can now do. Um because if you're working on a stand more traditional pattern of publication, um then you really can't you you need to achieve a certain amount of critical mass to fund yourself going forward. Yep. Um, and that becomes quite tricky with role-playing games. Um, so with a, with a Kickstarter, it allows us to actually map the, the, the production schedule for the next couple of years and to say to artists, look, you know, there's going to be some great work here, and to writers as well.
0: So I, I guess the question is, I, I can see what you're trying to achieve with Kickstarter, but I guess the question is, why Kickstarter now when you haven't needed it before?
1: Um, I think mostly because of the scheduling, um, the the pace of um, of production has been too slow for my liking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the way that the way that the economics of role playing games work is, um, uh, <laughs> is is fairly modest. Yeah. And it's it's very difficult to to fund uh, too many products out of a single product. You can usually fund the next product as long as you're quite quick, and it's a very slow process to grow. Um, and to be honest, um, I, I think there's a lot of material and a lot of appetite. People would like to see more mind jam material. They've told me as much. Um, and at the moment, the, doing it in a more traditional way would mean we get one or two supplements out a year, and, and we just keep plodding along like that, which is probably, you know, a, a great way to do it. But we do have a lot of material. Um, you know, we. I think my, my my actual production spec has got 24 different products on it. Heavens. Um, so that's 12 years at my current rate. <laughs> which is okay you know we could spend 12 years doing it but i'd like to do that in, in maybe two or three years you um, know no, um, to, to bring people on board I, I have got you know over over a million words actually written um which just needs sifting through sorting out expanding tidying up um and there's some really cool um scenarios and campaigns and sourcebooks which i'd like to see out there so that's the main reason really to give us to literally give us a kickstart Okay. To, to, to propel us into a situation where we can anticipate releasing four books in 2016, possibly six.
0: Okay. Um, so, um, what are people? Um, what can people buy in this Kickstarter?
1: What are the pledges like? We're keeping it fairly simple to start with. Um, at the moment, what we're doing, we've um, we've taken a, a great deal of advice from from my colleague um, Chris Birch from Modifius,
0: who is quite um, an expert on Kickstarter.
1: He's Mr. Kickstarter isn't he yeah um, I mean we've been working together since he was the guy who gave me my first writing gig back in 2008 with with mindjammer um so we've been we've been working together since then that's what seven years now mm-hmm. um, and we do we do work well together we, we have a good a, a good chemistry a good understanding of one another's working procedures and so on. Um, and he's been great he's been giving us so much advice um for for how we should move ahead with it. And, as Chris has told us the, um, the, the the way to do this is to gradually expand the 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 pledges and the um, products on offer um, as we go. Um, so we're starting fairly modestly. Um, the The beginning pledges, for example, are that you can um, pledge for a PDF or print version of the city people scenario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's the very basic. You can go in there at sort of um, five pounds or ten pounds and get a PDF or a print version. Um, there's the one pound pledge where you can just keep updated with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that you can you can start getting exciting. Um, we've got to pledge for all of the PDFs and it's a very good deal actually. We've got, I think it's a 20 pound pledge um, and it gets you all of the PDFs that we unlock in the Kickstarter. Um, and that could be an awfully large number.
0: Yeah, um, I was going to say, that, that could get a lot of PDFs.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's been, it's, Chris has been using that in his previous Kickstarters and it's worked very well. It's, it's, a, it's a great way of, um, of providing big rewards to people. Um, on top of that, we're building in, um, the one thing we've had to do is to accommodate people who have already got the existing Mindjohn material and those who are coming to the setting in the game for the first time. So we have a couple of parallel tracks um, with the pledges um, where people can um, pledge for the new material, or they can pledge for the existing core book and hearts and minds plus the new material. Um, so there are pledges at that level for buying print copies um, of, the, um, of the existing core book and hearts and minds and so on. And um, so there, there are, it's fairly simple to start with. I think there are five or six pledges. We're going to provide um, an everything in print pledge a little bit later on when we have some idea of what we're actually producing. Um, and there will be surprise pledges along the way as well. Um, we're hoping to unlock some um, some commonality custodian level pledges, <laughs> um, which i um, really really how we can do this, where where people can actually um, become one of the commonality custodians. Um, they can have they can have the nature and the identity of the custodian based upon themselves, um, and also have themselves drawn into the books as a custodian, um, and even suggest areas of concern which the custodians themselves are um occupied with and ask for certain topics to be covered in the supplements which i thought was really cool um to be able to give people the ability to say you know i'm really interested for example in in the pulse dragons Mm -hmm. i want an essay on pulse dragons or i want an essay on chrono displacement or the the fargate project or that kind of thing Um, so people can should be able to to request certain things to be covered as well, to have essays written and and short stories written, actually as part of the uh, uh, of their pledges. That um, sounds
0: super cool, super super it's, duper it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, is the Kickstarter going to
1: have any kind of uh, Kickstarter only material that only the backers will get? um At this stage, we're, we're waiting and and seeing how it goes basically there are some things that are being produced as bonuses as the kickstarter goes along so we're hoping to produce um scenario a free scenario um free pre a quick start and so on um we are hoping to produce um posters and that kind of thing which will be available um just to kickstarter backers Um, But at the moment, we're trying to keep it very, very focused on expanding the the, the source book material and the supplementary material. Um, We did a survey a couple of weeks ago on Mm SurveyMonkey. We asked people to to tell us really what they want to see in a Mindjammer Kickstarter. Um, And we got a a great load of information, which was really useful Um, and actually very revealing as well. Um, I think about um, probably 40% of people wanted to see a lot more Mindjammer fiction. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, which was a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I love writing the fiction, um, but I was I was really, really, um, very, very pleased to see that amount of support for the fiction. Um, so we've tried to build that in um, to the Kickstarter. A lot of people really wanted to prioritise sourcebooks, um, so a sourcebook on the core worlds, mm-hmm. sourcebook on the fringe worlds, um, a sourcebook on the outer worlds, for example, um, and even one called Kingdom Come, which is the um, the sourcebook for the generation ships and the stasis ships, the, the old colonies that went out um, during the first commonality. Um, so we've got lots of source material. There's going to be source material on the Venu um, as one mm, of yes. the pledges. Um, and lots of scenarios to support that. Um, and like I say, we're also trying to to build in um, a, a player's guide
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also a, a traveler conversion, a version of uh, a supplement of uh, a Mindjama supplement for playing with the traveler rules um as well this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> it should be I mean, all being well it's gonna start 12 hours 24 hours from now we'll know where we are but uh yes it's uh, i'm really excited about it it's um i just want to get writing um and uh i'm hoping people are going to get excited too and tell us what they uh what they want to see we've got a we've got a cool video coming out mm-hmm. which um we'll, we'll post all over the place um and uh hopefully some some really really good supporting art as well to 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 get people uh, involved there's um as ever there's the free 40 page um preview pdf of mindjammer which you can download um check that out on the kickstarter page um and we also have um the short story this ocean night one of the things we're doing is um as uh, pretty much a, a freebie along the ways where um we're, we're going to be releasing short stories um as interim pledges um or, sorry interim stretch goals as we go Um, So that um, you'll actually have, there are eight short stories um, which trace the relationship between the commonality and the Venu. That's so um, exciting. And how things just got so bad between the the, the two cultures and why it got to that stage. Um, And it's kind of a a history or a historical series of short stories. The first one is available already. It's called This Ocean Night. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the very, very first generation ship stories back in the um, the Shine commonality, which preceded even the first commonality. Um, and then the short stories, there are eight of them, go through the entire commonality history right up until the modern day. Um, and that's one of the first sets of fiction that we're going to be um, unlocking um, alongside all of the other um, game material.
0: That is so, so, so damn exciting. Um, <laughs> oh, oh God, this is so, so cool. I am really loving the way that you're using Kickstarter. This is not just to kickstart a book. And this is to kickstart a whole line so you can do a lot more stuff. So the, the the support given to this Kickstarter, it guarantees that people are going to continue seeing more mind jammer stuff. This is not uh, one book and then we're going to make another Kickstarter for the next book and then another Kickstarter for the next book and then another Kickstarter for the next book. This is a lot cooler. I think this is a fantastic way of using Kickstarter, loving it loving it
1: thank you yeah i mean i'm i'm really excited about it i really would like to um to be able to expand the line with all the material we have currently um and there's you know there are some real far out stretch goals i don't know how far we'll get um but uh i have some ideas in my mind which are, i would just love to to see published for for really taking some of the um some of the the natural mysteries which are inherent in the in the commonality setting, and really exploring them. Um, some of the campaign packs which are further down the line, um, will be just awesome to be able to to release. So yes, please if you're if you're thinking of jumping in and pledging, there are some very very um, uh, very attractive initial pledges. Um, mm. the, the the all the PDF um, all the PDFs pledge is uh, is uh, very reasonable um, for what you're going to be getting with it. Um, And just take a look. Um, You can get to it on mindjammer.com. Yep. There'll be a link to the Kickstarter first thing tomorrow. I don't have the Kickstarter link itself yet, but uh, it'll be all over my Facebook page, I'm sure.
0: It'll come, it'll come, and it will be in the show notes as well uh, and on the website and everything. So, uh, people, seriously, please do download the the intro. Do download the 40 pages because you are not going to regret that. I can assure you, you will not regret that. And take a look at the fiction. Because I I still love the novel. I think the novel is absolutely fantastic and I want to see a lot more of that.
1: Well, there's books two and three. Um, I've actually been writing book two for some time and they are in there as stretch goals. Um, It's been been quite an interesting balance trying to... The main thing I want to do is to reward the existing Mind Gemma players and Game Masters with source material for the setting, gameable material. Um, But people have also asked for fiction. Um, So we've tried to to build that in, in in a way which doesn't disrupt the main thrust of the kickstarter which mm. is to un- game material um, and we've likewise tried the same with the with the traveler um the traveler version as well um i've wanted to be able to almost incidentally include a try a traveler expansion um during the the stretch goals while still focusing on the main um gameable material <sighs>
0: I think I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put this podcast on loop because it's like music to my ears, what you're saying <laughs> <here>. <laughs> It's
1: been such a long time since we talked, isn't it? I can't I know, believe how long it's been. Long,
0: way too long. We, we must not leave it so long this time. So um, I'll, I'll make a point. on having you back very soon indeed. Hopefully even before the Kickstarter ends, just, just to talk.
1: That will be great. I'll give you an update in a few weeks, perhaps. We're running running from the 17th of November right up until the 20th of December.
0: OK, I'm sure we can get something sorted in the next two or three Sorry. weeks.
1: Yeah, that will be awesome.
0: Sarah, thank you, as always, so, so much for being here. I am so, so thrilled uh, about the Mindjammer Kickstarter. I cannot wait to see this succeed because it's it just sounds so, so cool.
1: Thank you so much, Paco. And thank you for all your support. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Pleasure
0: and always here for you.
1: Thank you. Bye bye, Paco.
0: Thank you for listening. Hosting and production for this podcast have been by Paco Garcia and the music's been composed by Kev Atset. We would love to hear from you. Feedback and your questions are always welcome. And you can email us at at podcast.gmsmagazine.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at GMS Magazine, and we are also on Facebook and Google+, I'm very, very happy to talk to you. Remember to subscribe to the GMS Magazine podcast channels in iTunes, and give us a review or two and a rating, please, and it's truly appreciated if you do. For more quality shows, remember to listen to other rooms, like the RPG Room, the Interview Room and the Board Game Room, and more rooms that might be coming very soon indeed, but... Until the next time, let the games continue.